The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series authored by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, with Larry Dixon and Veronica Jaguer. Read and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Heroes and Thieves. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin. Red Savior didn't like magic, but the Malenke Vedma had proved her usefulness and reliability enough by this point that she was disposed to allow Victoria to do whatever she wished to, even within the confines of CCCP headquarters. The woman had been spending most waking hours here ever since Belladonna had brought the communications unit from Tesla's desk here for safekeeping. Obviously, the last place the thing should be was anywhere near the dwelling places of any of the Echo Ops that had stolen it in the first place. It was safest here. Natalia could make certain no one got anywhere near it with very little effort. The mage had been working on getting the thing to come to life ever since it had been brought in and hidden away. The only time that Vicky left was to return to her own apartment. To sleep, presumably, although given the dark circles beneath her eyes, the commissar was not certain how much sleep she was getting. While Red Savior found her drive commendable, she was troubled. Victoria seemed distant, even more skittish than usual. Savior had seen this before. In those days following a sudden loss, when grief was desperately pushed aside and replaced with some distracting task to keep oneself preoccupied. She liked Victoria, and would have liked to question the girl about what troubled her, yet a voice inside told her to keep out of it, that perhaps it was best for the girl if she behaved as if nothing was out of the ordinary, and for once, Savior listened. So instead she fumed and dropped agitated remarks on the interminable length of the time the girl was taking. To her relief, she was rewarded with snappish and sometimes snarled requests to be patient. It was good. The girl still had fire in her. Still, the work plodded on, and the commissar was actually starting to lose her patience when she looked up from her paperwork to see the little magician leaning against the doorframe. Exhausted. I've got it, Vicky said. I haven't woken the damn thing up yet, but since it's in your house, I figure you have the right to decide who's here when I do. Bella, of course. You. I need Yankee pride to make it work. Got any more picks? Savior considered this for a moment. On the one hand, the member of CCCP who was the greatest tactical expert alive was Fei Li. On the other hand, Fei Li, or the general, had been acting rather erratic as of late, vanishing from HQ, telling no one where she was going, saying nothing when she returned. She pondered this. She needed someone with experience. Georgie was a good fighter, but... Not so good tactically. The best way out is through was a maxim he took to heart, and his answer to most problems was to apply explosives, a rifle, or fist to it. Bear? A disaster. He was best treated as a directed disaster with adequate supervision. Moji was back in Moscow and would not return for another week. 
dared she trust? Well, it would be a good test. Comrade Murdoch, when can you do this thing? Vicky didn't voice any objections at all. Interesting. As soon as I can get Belle and Pride here. She nodded. That way. We have been delayed enough. John had received the call from HQ shortly before his shift ended. It had been a long and hot day, so he double-timed it back in order to have a shower and change. Beer will have to wait for later. I hope Jonas has something cold in stock. Quickly ducking into the head facilities, John made himself presentable, throwing on the standard working jumpsuit. The call had requested that he show up at the commissar's office. For what purpose, he didn't know. It seemed that the commissar only called him in to assess an after-action report, or to chew him out, or both. Jogging through the hallways, he came to the door for her office. He braced himself, then knocked, and waited. Come! Savior called impatiently. John opened the door and quickly stepped into the room. Savior wasn't alone as he'd expected. Bella was there, leaning over Savior's desk as she examined something. Flanking her was Yankee Pride, one of the more visible faces for the metas of Echo. Well then, I wonder what these three have got brewing. Reporting in as requested, Commissar. The Commissar looked uncharacteristically sober, with a poker face that was giving nothing away. He'd discovered that he needed to start worrying when she smiled. Comrade Murdoch, Operative Blue has evidenced great confidence in you. Despite your destructive habits, you perform almost with the efficiency of a Soviet. What you are about to see is not to be discussed, except among those in this room and Dr. Frasputin. Vic, the savior doesn't cotton the magic almost as much as me. We good to go? Bella asked. Savior nodded and got up from behind her desk. Follow me. John did so, holding the door open for the three of them before exiting himself. This is getting more interesting by the minute. Blue is vouching for me, but... For what? Savior led them to the part of HQ she hadn't made any plans for yet. These had probably been storage rooms once, since they were inside and had no windows. It was strangely quiet here. The only sounds were a few distant footfalls and the faint sound of the Soviet bear shouting at the television. Savior tapped on one of the closed doors. Vicky cracked it. At least the eye peering through the crack between the door and jam was at the right height to be Vicky's. Then the door opened. The commissar shooed them all in. Vicky closed the door behind them. In the light from the single naked bulb in the ceiling fixture, John saw that there was only one thing in this room. One of the ancient desks and some sort of techie thing on top of it, along with a portable echo broadcast power unit. It looked odd. 
simultaneously as if it had come from some time in the future, and as if it had been built in the 1930s. Incongruously, the little echo broadcast power unit used to supply juiced tools next to it looked far more high-tech. Okay, Jam, this is what Vic and I were babbling about the other day, Bella said. And I'd ask you to sit down, but there aren't any chairs. Quickly she filled him in on just what he was looking at, and its background. John held up a hand. So, let me get this straight. There's a super science city with all sorts of outstanding tech. The verifiable ghosts of Enrico Marconi and Nikola Tesla exist and direct this joint. They've got crazy shit that does things people have only dreamed of. Right? Yep. And from what we saw the last time we saw this thing, they weren't going to help the rest of us. Bella said grimly. Good, good. So now that we're on the same page about that, I have one other question. Commissar, permission to speak freely? Da, da. I would not be in Kafu here if I did not want to hear what you say, the Commissar said impatiently. Thank you. And my question is, where the hell were these bastards when the invasion happened? And why are they sitting on their asses now? He wasn't making any effort to hide how pissed off this revelation made him. Millions die and these sons of bitches did nothing to help? Bella shrugged. Mercury didn't have time to tell us, and if Alex knew, he never told anyone. She took a deep breath. We're hoping to get some answers by getting this thing to work. It's a communication device of some sort, then? Well, in here I was hoping for a really high-tech scoop of ice cream. Boy thinks he's a wet and he's half right, Vicky muttered under her breath. Then she straightened, as much as she ever did when she was hunched over and trying to stay invisible, and headed for the desk. Yank, one of the things I need is you. She pointed to a chalk circle on the floor. Stand there. This shouldn't take long. Now that I know what to do, anyway. She licked her begloved finger and drew in the air with it. A glowing trail followed the finger as she sketched signs. Each time she finished one, it disappeared. She moved so fast all he got was an impression of geometric shapes and strange letters. But then she drew a rectangle and said... Fiat apparatus de Tesla. And? Something like a ghostly PC, only one that was just kind of a glowing drawing of a PC, appeared floating in the air in front of her, complete with keyboard, which she proceeded to type on. John got the hair standing on end feeling whenever Vicky did obvious shows of majory like this. It was worse than Bella's touch healing and something that he didn't think he'd ever fully get used to. Metahumans could do some amazing and oftentimes unbelievable things, but something about magic just bugged the hell out of him. I can't use my own computers. The comm will reject them. 
All I can do to talk to this thing is give it something it's convinced is Alex's computer, she said as she typed. That's what had me so stymied. Hold still, Yank. It's going to scan you in a second. Part of the apparatus suddenly unfolded, and a beam of light transfixed Yankee pride. Okay, now ID yourself and say, Commence Inheritance Protocol. Yankee Pride, a commence inheritance protocol, Yank said obediently. The response was immediate. The thing unfolded itself on the top of the desk. Unnervingly, it did so without a sound. Now say, initiate emergency contact protocol. Yank did so. There were two slender antenna-like things thrusting up from the object itself. A field sprang between them, blue with little sparkles in it. Vicky stopped typing. Bella held her breath. After a long time, Savior frowned. Is working? As far as I... And then the blue field shimmered. Alex? said a strangely flat yet accented voice. Alex, my boy? They all froze. Finally, it was Bella who answered. I'm very sorry, sir. It was Yankee Private Open Contact. Alex was murdered two weeks ago. She took a long, shuddering breath. And you are? There was silence again. Then a strange, thin sound for a moment. It wasn't anything recognizable, but it sounded like grief. It stopped. Forgive me. I assume that Yankee Pride must be with you, or the Quantador would not have responded to you. This is Nikola Tesla. John glanced at the others. Bella and Savior nodded. Vicky just left the ghostly PC and sat down in a far corner on the floor, wrapping her arms around her knees. Yankee pride looked stricken. What happened? the voice asked. Pride shook himself out of his fog and explained. When he had finished, there was silence again. You will not like what I am going to say, Tesla replied, the voice somehow conveying an impression of someone laboring through grief. This changes nothing. Metis is governed by a pure democracy, and the majority have voted not to come to your aid or defense. Savior and Bella looked as if they were about to explode. John beat them to it. Bullshit. Pardon? said the voice, sounding startled. You heard me. I said that's utter bullshit. John walked forward a few paces, 
crossing his arms. We're facing the greatest threat that humanity has ever been exposed to, aside from itself. Space Nazis, Thulians, Kriegers, whatever you want to call them. They've got numbers, they have technology, and they have a ruthlessness that enables them to use both to burn down the world. The invasion stopped only because they wanted it to, not because they were losing. He paced back and forth, waiting for Tesla's response. And you, my impetuous young communist, are dealing with a city full of ivory tower scientists, certain that they are the pinnacle of human evolution, and desperately frightened that the Thulians will destroy them if they get involved, said a new voice, also synthesized but with a different accent. Our citizens here believe that it is the best that they simply await this matter out, then assist the survivors. Personally, I think that they have been uh, overly influenced by that uh, Wells movie. What was it, Nicola? Shape of things to come, said the first voice, sounding broken. Who's the new guy? John stopped to face the projection again. Miscusi, said the second voice. Enrico Marconi, allow Nicola his moment of grief. I will answer your questions. Well, my name's John Murdoch. I'm not a communist, but I am with the CCCP. I'm with them because they're doing something to fight the Kriegers. You're still wrong. And it's still bullshit that y'all aren't helping. You know, they say that history repeats itself. And that's what it's doing right now. He jabbed a finger at the projection, pulling ahead. When the Nazis first tried to pull this shit, no one else wanted to try and stop them. Everyone figured it was a European problem that had sorted itself out. And then when the next country got swallowed up, they figured that it still wasn't their problem. And so on and so on. These suckers aren't going to stop until they get the whole world. Sitting on the sidelines now doesn't mean jack, other than you'll be the last ones to get chewed up and spit out. Un momento, my dear hothead, said the second voice. We never said that we agreed with the majority. Nicola and I will do our best, but unless... And until your colleague, uh, Rick Mercury, uh, manages to persuade the Matesians otherwise, what we can do is uh, rather limited. It isn't as if we got bodies to go out and do things, after all. Bella and Pride exchanged a look, and both of them glanced to the commissar, who nodded and gave a little hand gesture, indicating they should reply. It was Bella who spoke. Well, you have more problems than that. Echo is now in the hands of someone we are fairly sure engineered Alex Tesla's assassination. That required more explanation. When it was over, there was silence again. Finally, Marconi spoke. Can you keep this device secure? Savior snorted. Firstly, thanks only to good fortune, Svinia Verdigree is not being aware it exists. Secondly, 
if he becomes aware, he will have to go through all of CCCP to get it. Not to mention the near-literal wall of lead the CCCP would throw in his way, John added mentally. Ah, good, Marconi replied. One less thing to tell it to self-destruct. Forgive me, Bella said. Her voice had gone very hard indeed. But you seem to be taking this all a little too casually for my liking. The casualty rate out here is astronomical. It's only going to get worse. And all you're worried about... Excuse me, Belladonna. Nicola and I, we have been electrons whirling in circuits for fifty years, and before that, we spent decades with parts of us being replaced by gizmos and gadgets. It is difficult to maintain one's humanity, and emotions become a thing of memory. The voice managed an inflection of genuine humility, and Bella's expression softened a little. Nevertheless, we at least are with you. In so far as we can feel grief, feel horror, we do feel them on your behalf. We do not mean for you to think we take all of this lightly. These are perilous times, and though our citizens would like to believe they are somehow homo superior, the fact is they are pure children of the human race, as you are. We will do our best to awaken them to that. You have my word as a gentleman. And I trust you will forgive me if I seem to be as detached as they. I assure you, Nicola and I are not, and we are committed to aiding you. Well, what can you do? Bella demanded. Since you have secured the quantitor, what we can do is this. Nicola and I can send you plans for things you will find useful. We can also use Mita's resources to do limited research for you. I say limited because we are going to be confined to using and transmitting information. We cannot do anything physical, for instance, such as metals analysis, but anything that can be done in the realm of the theoretical or the mathematical. I have something, Vicky suddenly piped up. She got to her feet. Can you make that thing extrude a data port or something like one? In answer, another appendage unfolded from a contraption which appeared to end in a standard USB port. Vicky scooted nervously across the room to behind them all. There was a laptop bag there. She fished a USB drive out and scuttled over to stick it into the port. That's some of the intel that we got thanks to the op in the Goldman catacombs, she said. I got what I could once my stuff came back online while the wolves and eagles were still active. There was a microtransmission my system managed to capture. I can't make head or tails of what looks to me like coded communications, and I don't have enough number-crunching ability to unravel it. I know they must be using their own stuff, their own means to communicate, because they aren't using our internet or landlines. Un momenti, said Marconi.
number crunching we can do. And if you give me access to several terabytes of storage, I can transmit some plans to you now. Give me another port, and I'll give you access to my servers, Vicky replied. When another appendage unfolded, she stuck in a Wi-Fi dongle, then typed in some more on the ghost computer. She seemed very confident that Marconi, if indeed this really was Marconi, was not going to frag her system. John was disposed to leave that to her best judgment. And, uh, there. And uh, now we have their information decoded, I think. We will shortly have a full language base for you, uh, for the non-humans. There is enough duplicate communication in German and Thulian to give us a satisfactory lexicon. Oh, that's good, Vicky sighed. It'll make reading anything else a lot easier. And uh, right now, I believe we have a location for you to investigate. Now something appeared in the projection. A map with a dot highlighted. This seems to be where the orders for that staging zone were being issued from. I assume that this is useful. It cannot be ultimate tool. There was not enough, as you say, uh, traffic. So one assumes some sort of command or relay post. John looked at the map. Vic, can, can you extrapolate some more data from this? What the site is, the surrounding location, and so on? Oh, she does not need to, Marconi said. The map zoomed out. It is in our old missile silo in the middle of Kansas. Deactivated, I assume. In which of the series was it? Uh, deactivated. It was a previously an ICBM staging platform for the American Titan One. And it is in a private hands. Echo bought quite a few of them when we could. A useful staging and storage areas. This one never came on the open market. Presumably the Thulians felt the same and managed to get this one before it was offered openly for sale. What's the purpose of this site? What's well, secure and secluded enough and presumably not on anyone's radar? The Thulians seem to like keeping their operations innocuous until they strike. Hmm. From these communiques, I would say it is a, a command center for individual units as well as larger forces in that area, like at the staging warehouse you found, Marconi replied. I would expect this sort of a thing. Their organization is probably a pyramidal based on cells. Each cell only knows about the command module above it, not each other. Well, uh, my allies, are we satisfied with one another? This time it was Savior who replied. For now, she said, you have yet to actually prove your worth. Ah, I am aware of that, Commissar. Shortly, you will have your proof. I have instructed the Quantador to respond to any of you, but I recommend that we keep our communications brief. 
the Matesian majority is perfectly capable of removing access from Nicola and myself if they suspect we are meddling. Understood, replied Pride. We're grateful you're willing to risk it. It is only our duty, young man, Marconi replied. To you and to humanity. And now I think we are about to exceed our safe time. Good luck and arrivederci. The field between the two antennae faded. Vicky retrieved her thumb drive. Well? asked Pride. We are having location to investigate, Savior said. Clearly, Echo cannot do this without alert of vertigree, so it must be CCCP. She almost looked smug. Shoo is pink on other shelf. Foot, Vicky said automatically. I think this had better be with Overwatch. And I think this better be a one-man recon, Commissar, John put in. If it turns out that the location is bogus or a trap, only leaves one dead comrade as opposed to a team. Forgive me if I'm in the minority here, but I still don't trust Midas. Agreed. And you are volunteering, Comrade Murdoch. It was not a question. John grinned lopsidedly. Hell, he said, anything I destroy down there ain't going to be CCCP property. And Vic and I work pretty well together. True enough. Savior raised an eyebrow at Pride and Bella. Pride shrugged. We can't do a move on that base without Vertigree finding out. It's yours, Commissar. Pride agreed. I can't see any other way. Bella seconded. Ramona can sneak you on an echo transport in the jump seat unlisted. If anybody asks, you're doing another CCCP parts run. Orosho, we are agreed. It remains for Murdoch to pack. Savior looked as satisfied as a wolf with a full belly. And me to get Ramona to siphon CCCP some cash, said Bella. Maybe purloin a couple gadgets that might be useful. And me to cover your tracks in the systems and make things vanish from the inventory, added Vicky. Then we have plan. Savior raked them all with her startling blue eyes. What are you waiting for? The midday parade? Dave! And Dave, they did. <laughs>